Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the message today. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit lhachurch.com. Uh, today I want to speak to you. We, uh, it was in May, um, really seeing God just begin uh, just to move in our church and begin to see some incredible things, and God just really ordaining what was going on in the services, and, and it's just been incredible week after week just to see uh, God just doing incredible things on Sundays and watching God uh, just uh, taking us to that place where we need to go. Amen? Amen. And so today I just, uh, just want to kind of uh, reflect a little bit and reflect on the race that we're running, reflect on how are we doing, what, what's going on, because how many know sometimes we encounter uh, God in a service or in a moment at home that it's just like, oh my goodness, you know, the, you're, you got goosebumps everywhere, everything's going on, and, and we just go off and we're ready to run and we're ready to go from that moment, and in that moment we feel such strength, we feel um, just such the power of God, and then we go out and we start running that race, and the next thing you know, life happens. Come on now. Next thing you know, we, life happens. Next thing you know, uh, we're going to the grocery store and somebody cuts us off and then they, um, they wave at us as if it's our fault. And, and come on, you know what I'm saying? The, the stuff happens, you know, stuff happens and, and, and life happens and, and the working and, and day after day in situations and things come day after day after day. And the next thing you know, that moment that we had that moment when we felt that strength and everything, we're struggling a little bit from there. And, and so today I want to talk to you guys about running that race, running that race the way God intended us uh, to run that race. And God didn't intend forever, for us to ever be alone, not one single day, to never uh, be doing and running the race on our own. That was never God's intention. And, and, the, and the thing that we've got to know is that's not even possible. It's not even possible for us to do it on our own. We've got to have God. We've got to keep that focus on him. And I want to pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord. God, you are worthy of all praise. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, because, Father, we truly can rely upon you for everything, Lord. You get us through everything, Lord God. You're the one that, Lord God, that we can step through. Lord God, those battles, Lord God, we can step through into victory, Lord God, and I thank you for that, Lord. And so, God, I pray today, Lord God, that you will just speak to us through your word, Lord, that we will hear, Lord God, what you have to say. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Praise God. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, I want to read this, but I really want to just uh, focus on a couple parts of the scripture. And it says, do you not know that a race, in a race, all runners run? But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. This is what we've got to understand. This is what we've got to understand. We're not running the race just to barely make it. We're never, our focus is never when we run the race, is never to just, I'm just, I'm just running it. I'm just hopefully I'm going to make it. Hopefully I'm not going to make it. Our attitude, according to the word of God, is that every day we should be running the race as to beat everybody else. That we should be running the race as someone who is going to win 
that race. Now, how many sometimes we need a little bit of adjustment in that thinking? Sometimes we run the race and we're just hoping to survive. But the truth is, is our hope, our goal, everything should be focused on running the race as to win that race. Then it says everyone who complete, competes in the game goes into strict training. Everybody say strict training. I want to I focus on this, and in this first point, I want to focus on what it says when we're talking about strict training. And how many ever um, played sports or anything, doesn't matter if it's 50 years ago or whatever, you played on a sports team, you did this, you did that. How many know that every single person that has played on a sports team, that there is a lot of strict training? There is a lot of strict training. I remember um, in football, and I remember running uh, time after time after time again. They'll blow the whistle. You run to the line. Then, then before you even got a breath, they blow the whistle again. You got to run back and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And, and whether you're in wrestling, whether you play basketball, what, you know that your coach expects you to train expects you to get ready for the race, to get ready for what you're about ready to compete in. It's the same thing. You know, we, we do things. Obviously, you guys can tell I work out a lot. And you guys know that, that I don't know why that was funny, but, um, and, and you know, you know that um, in life, you know, we have to train in order to get ourselves in shape. I'm still waiting for that miracle pill. Um, that you could just take once a day, and next thing you know, you're buff. And, and so hopefully that will happen sometime soon. Uh, but you guys know that we train. Um, we, have to, we have to put ourselves in, a, in a, a frame of mind to get to the point where, you know what, we've got to strictly train our body to get in shape. It does not ever happen by itself. Um, and as it goes on, it says uh, they do it to get a crown that will not last. It doesn't matter whether you win a state championship or you win um, the wrestling uh, championship for the state. Um, that crown will n- won't last. It's going to one of these days. It's going to mean nothing. It's not going to mean anything at all. But listen, what we fight for, what we run for, is something that will last for all eternity, for all eternity. Therefore, it says, do not run aimlessly. So don't run a race that you have no idea which way you're going. What point is it to run a race if there's no finish line? If there's no direction, if there's running this way and that way, and there's no point to it. But we run a race that we have a focus. We have a goal that we go into strict training. It says, do not, um, do not fight like a boxer uh, beating the air. Could you just imagine watching a boxing match where both guys were just completely away from each other, punching the air? How many know it wouldn't be long before there would be boos? People would be booing, and it's like, what is the point of what you're doing? There's no point in it. And the scripture is trying to say, listen, we have the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate privilege of running a race that means everything. That means everything. We have that privilege. And so, and it says in verse 27, No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I preach to others, I 
myself will not be disqualified from the prize. So I want to talk to you guys, first of all, on the, the, the part that we're talking about strict training. I, uh, several years ago, actually, let's go back before that. Um, when I was a teenager, I, I ran a 10-mile race. It was a fundraiser race. There was about 60 people that were in it, and it was for a fundraiser to raise funds, and it was 10 miles. And in that race, um, you know, they did the start. We took off, and I, uh, I finished first out of like 50, 60 people. Um, I finished first out of everybody, and I'm not lying. I really did. And and, and so, I, you know, it was, it was good, cool. I don't, I don't even remember being sore the next day. And so now move forward a few years, and I was challenged to do a race for Speed the Light, um, the mini marathon. It's 12.1, I think, 12.1, the Indy mini marathon. And so I was like, okay, I'll do that. So I started raising funds and start doing this and trying to raise money for Speed the Light. And... Um, and so the day approached, and the day approached, and for some reason, I still had the mindset <laughs> of what I did when I was a teenager. Because when I was a teenager, I never trained for it or anything. I just went and did it and ran 10 miles. And for some reason, I believed in my mind that that was still okay to do. And so I went, and I did this, and... and I took off, and I was running the race, and I did not train one single time before I went out to do the 12-mile race. I didn't run for five minutes. I didn't do zero. I did nothing leading up to this race. And I, uh, I made it eight and a half miles. And I went eight and a half miles nonstop. I ran. I made it. And then something happened. At eight and a half miles, everything broke down. <laughs> everything. My entire body, everything. I had the biggest Charlie horses in the back of my legs I've ever had in my life. And for that eight and a half mile all the way through the race, matter of fact, everybody who had ran the race that day was waiting for about an hour and a half after they finished for me. No joke. And they were worried that they were going to shut down the race before I even made it to the thing. But at eight and a half miles, I literally, the rest of the way, <laughs> because as soon as I would get a Charlie horse out of this leg, and then by compensating, then it would hit this leg. And it would go back and forth, back and forth. And for the last four miles, I was just like this, and people were like, all these, you know, 90, 100-year-old people were passing me and <laughs> trying to give me advice and, and, hey, do this, do this, do this, and all this. And I was like, there ain't nothing going to help. There ain't nothing going to help. It was not good. It was bad. You know, I went eight and a half miles just on pure excitement for the race, and I'm doing this, and a false mindset before I started. I went eight and a half miles. I made it, and I did it, but the thing was, before I ran the race, I never trained. I never trained, and because I never trained, even though I made it so far, I came to a point where everything broke down. Things stopped working the way they should. Things happened. Listen, in life, in the race that we run for Jesus, we have to go into strict training every single day. 
every single day we go into strict training. And at the end, uh, the last scripture that I read, um, it even uh, reflects that saying that I strike a blow to my body every single day. And I'm running this. I, every day I train myself in my walk with Jesus because I know that if I don't, then I'm going to go back to where I was before Jesus came into my life. So every single day I fight. I battle. We do that through worship. We do that through prayer. We do that through his word. Every day, we've got the manual of how to run the race. Listen, we can't run the race without reading the manual. I mean, how many guys have had, to, ha- had the great opportunity of uh, putting something together and then thought that you could do it without reading the instructions? Maybe some of you guys could do it. I can't. And and it doesn't end up very well. But listen, I can't tell you how many times in life to where that strict training has got me through. That strict training is what enabled me to continue to run the race. I could not run the race without that training. I, I wouldn't make it without that training. It would have been just as when I was running that race the mini marathon, it would have, the same thing is going to happen is that I'm going to fall apart. Something's going to happen because I never trained and never trained for what I was doing. But God is calling us every single day to go into strict training. Go into that training in your walk with Jesus. We've got to have that. We need it. I can't tell you how many times um, literally just singing a worship song by myself has changed everything. I can't tell you how many times in running the race, because the Bible never says the race is going to be easy. Never. What happens is so many times I've seen over and over again where people come and give their heart to the Lord, but then they never go into training after that. They never go into training. And the next thing you know, they're just like I was eight and a half miles into it. They're falling apart. Things aren't going good. Or we have people that uh, their training consists of once a week on a Sunday. How well would a diet plan work if we only did it one day a week? Let's just be honest. Would not work out too well. It would not work. As a matter of fact, it'd probably work the opposite because we would have that one day coming up where we're going to eat the diet. We would try to eat all that we could uh, before that one day. So that kind of diet, come on, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to go on a diet on Monday, and we usually end up gaining 10 pounds that weekend. (laughs) Get the ice cream. Get the brownies. Come on, bring it on. Everything that I like to eat, I'm going to eat in the next two days because I'm going on a diet on Monday. Then the next thing you know, we eat it and everything, and then we still want it, and then we don't end up going to the diet on Monday. <laughs> Listen, we've got to have strict training. We've got to have strict standards. We cannot play around, play around with standards. We've got to know what the standards are, and we've got to stick to them. And we can't go to the left or the right. We can't decide to, well, this is okay. That, you know, we've got to have a straight line that we're running, and we can't go off of that line. And that line has to be what God says. We've got to have that faith, strict training, 
We've got to, in strict training, we've got to hold on to faith. Faith that says, no matter what I see, no matter what hurdles are in front of me in this race, that by faith, I know that it's all going to be okay. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And have that faith that nothing shakes you. I've told you guys many times before, I always, I always say there's nothing, no one, no situation that's ever going to shake my faith, that's going to keep me from serving the Lord, that's going to stop me from running the race. Listen, if somebody today got on the TV and some scientist says, I have found proof and evidence that, uh, that God is not real. It would not shake me one single bit. I would not be scared. I would just know the guy was crazy. <laughs> because I know, I know that I know that I know that I know. In our race, listen, you've got to know that you know that you know that you know that if you run the race, if you follow Jesus, that he's going to take care of everything for you. Yes, it's going to be difficult. Yes, it's going to be hard. But through him, through that faith, we will be able to run that race. Don't ever doubt. Some of you might doubt. In situations, you might have struggles, and, and you keep going back to them and keep going back to them. And some of you um, have even had the, the mindset and the thought, I don't know if God can help me stop doing this. But I want to tell you something. Through Christ, everything is, everything is possible. Everything is possible. Hold on to that faith. Run that race. Don't give up. Listen, here's the truth. Without training, without training, we crash, quit, and many times are worse off than what we were before we started the race. Without strict training, we crash, quit, and many times are worse off than what we were before we started the race. It's the truth. If we think that we can run this race without strict training, then we're fooling ourselves just like I was fooling myself to think that I can go and run 12.1 miles without ever training. It's not going to happen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 through 9 says this, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You, listen to what it says in verse 7, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth. That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. And it says in verse 9, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Listen, in this race, we have always got to stick to one truth. We have always got to stick to one truth. No man and his understanding should ever be our guide in the race that we run for Jesus. Our guide should be the word of God. That's our foundation. That's our source. That's our guide. And if anybody says anything that is different than what the word of God says, then we need to run away. We need to get away from that. No man, nothing can be our guide. So you look at this and you see what, what has happened uh, is you see as the word of God is spreading throughout the world and and many Gentiles were being saved. And what was happening was, 
is they were giving, you know, that salvation is not by works, but salvation is by faith and faith alone, faith in Jesus Christ and the blood that he was shed. And so what was happening is after these people were being saved and God was doing, people were coming in and trying to tell them that their walk, that their walk with Jesus was based on works. That, that, that you know what, you, you, know, you really can't be a Christ follower unless you do this, 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 and this. And, and, unless unless you, you are circumcised, unless this. And, and the next thing you know, the gospel that they were following and that they were running a good race, next thing you know, they began listening to voices that were taking them away from the truth of the word of God. And next thing you know, they were running the race. It, they are running it good, but next thing you know, they began to follow a false doctrine, a false truth. And in verse 9, it says, a little yeast works through the, through the whole batch of dough. Listen, one truth we've got to know. Listen, any influence outside the word will take you out of the race. Any influence that we allow to take us away from what's written in the word of God on what we should do, how we should live. The Bible says a little bit of yeast works through the whole dough. A little bit. We've got to understand that we've got to focus on the truth and only the truth. And we cannot change our truth based on what is popular in the world today. We cannot change the truth based on what is convenient to believe in the world today. We can never, we cannot change the truth to keep from offending somebody. We have to hold on to that one truth in this race that we're walking. So don't ever be tempted to, to veer off for the sake of somebody or something or for the sake of society. Don't veer off that one truth, the truth of the word of God. Never veer off of that truth. Listen, a little bit of yeast will take you out of the race. A little bit of compromise will take you out of the race. We all know and we've all seen where we make uh, do something or we make a little bit of compromise and the next thing you know, it turns into something that we never imagined it would be. Just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of, of, of the word of God being changed, being altered. I mean, I guess it shouldn't surprise us today that whole um, entire Bibles are being published today that they have been literally went through and they have taken out any scripture or any references that may offend what they or how they want to live. There's, you can purchase Bibles today that scriptures, entire passages have been taken out because of it will offend a certain person or a certain thing. We have to run our race towards one truth. Listen to this. The word of God is alive and active and complete. The word of God is alive and active in our life and it is complete. There is nothing in our life, there is nothing that we will face in our life that is not in God's word. There is nothing that we will face to where we are going to be, oh my goodness, this isn't even in the word of God. 
I remember one time I, I had a dream, and it was, it was a crazy dream. And in the, in the dream, it was funny because I figured in my dream that my, in my dream, the first thing I would do is get my 12-gauge shotgun and take care of the issue. But I, I dreamed I woke up, and we were in the middle of an alien invasion. And, and in my dream, and there, there might have been some spiritual meaning to this, because listen, in my dream, as I looked out the window and seen the aliens flying in their saucers and all this kind of stuff, as I did that, the very first thing I did is I ran and got my Bible, and I start searching the Scripture, because I said, if this is true, then it's going to be in the Word of God. And in my dream... That's what I did. I began literally, I remember frantically going through the word of God because I was like, if this is true, what I'm seeing, then it's in the word of God. And I, I think, honestly, I might have ate something crazy that night, but I believe that there was a little bit of spiritual truth, a little spiritual truth to that. Because no matter what we see or what uh, fantasy that is put out before us, the word of God is our truth. And no matter what we see, no matter what seems to be truth, well, it looks like it's good. It looks like it's okay. We've got to go to here. We've got to go to here. The word is alive and active and complete. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so, so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter. Let me read that again. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition for sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The bottom line in our race that we're running for Jesus. We have got to fix our eyes on him and only him. He is the finish line. He is the race marked out. He is our source. He is our strength. Listen, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, and I love when it says, it says that he is the pioneer. He is, he is the reason that we can live holy. He is the reason that our sins can be forgiven. He is the reason why we can even run this race of Christianity. He is the pioneer, but he's not only the pioneer, but the Bible says he's the perfecter. I love that. Oh, come on now. I love that. A lot of you don't know this, but the, the word of God teaches us that he can perfect us. He can perfect who we are. He can take this old ragged person that we are and he can change it into somebody who is living righteous and somebody who is living holy and somebody who is living a life that honors God. Listen, he, when you fix your eyes on Jesus, he is the one that can get rid of the chains and bondages around your life and set you free to run. He's the pioneer. He's the one that um, created the race that has been marked out to us. He's the one that breaks those chains. He's the one that even makes it possible to run that race. He is. He's the one. Always fix your eyes on Jesus. I love the fact because he is the perfecter of our running style. One of the things 
that happened to me in that race, when I said it was about the eight and a half mile mark, what happened was, is when everything started falling apart, is we ran, and then we ran into the, um, the racetrack where the Indy, what is that racetrack called? Indianapolis Speedway? Yes. And we ran that around there. Well, what happened was, as we were running around the track, as you went around the curves, next thing you know, you were running on slanted ground. And the next thing you know, that's when everything started falling apart for me. Because I started running on ground that was uneven, which caused my stride and it caused the way I was running to be, to be off. It, something changed. Something happened. And we know in our life that we have to keep our eyes on Jesus because there is times to where our running style gets a little bit off. The way we're running the race, what we're doing, what we're allowing in our life. Sometimes we need that little bit of correction to happen in our life. And he is the one that will perfect our running style. He is the one that will change our attitudes. Come on now. Who's got an attitude here? Okay, we have one person that's honest. Yeah. And I'm not, I shouldn't say this, but I saw a pastor point to Sister Paula, but, um, but <laughs> that's, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. I didn't want to lie while I was preaching, so yeah, so that's not true. But sometimes we just need help in our race. We need help in the way we're running for Jesus. And when we place and fix our eyes on him, he will be the one that perfects our faith, perfects our run, our race for Jesus. And ultimately, it says in that scripture that he's the ultimate example of how we should run our race. Jesus kept his eyes on being the answer for the sin death and destruction that was in the world, that's still in this world. He set his eyes and his goal to be the Savior, to take the price upon himself. And he went through major, major persecution. And the Bible says to consider all that Jesus did in his race to the cross and how he endured false accusation, how he endured brutal beatings in a death that you could not get much more of a brutal death than what he experienced. And it says, consider all that he endured in the opposition from sinners that he walked through. And it says this, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Listen, I don't know about you, but many times knowing what Jesus went through with me has given me the courage, the strength, and the motivation to walk through difficult and hard things in my life. Even when, even when I don't feel like doing the strict training. I'm, I'm just going to confess to you guys right now. There is days that I get up and 
I sometimes I make myself spend that time with Jesus. Can I just be honest with you? I'm just being honest with you. This truth. Now, there's other days I get up and I'm dancing as soon as I get up. And I got the worship music on and I'm going and all this kind of stuff. And then there's some days where it seems like life is just weighing you down. Schedule is weighing you down. But I've understood even when I don't feel like it, through strict training, I make myself. Because I understand that I've got to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus every single day. He is the one Remembering all that he did for me, he is the one. If Sister Paula and the band could come, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Today, I just want to ask a question. Simple, simple question. How are you running your race? How are you running your race today? Where are you at? Are you at that point that you're like I was at eight and a half miles in and barely being, barely, barely being able to take a step? You're going. You're still doing it. Are you at that place that you relied on a one time, one service, one situation? for your race, and because of that, and because you did not go into strict training, because you have not uh, day after day gone to your source and fixed your eyes on Jesus, you have found yourself once again stumbling. You have found yourself once again chained up with those old habits, with those old sins, uh, found yourself struggling and, and, and barely being able to make it. Today, are you just experiencing weakness in your run? Weakness that comes from a lack of training, a lack of sticking to your source every single day. Today, you might be running a race, going day after day after day running for Jesus. But you might be in a situation right now. You haven't stopped running your race. But do you notice that every once in a while in the race, especially the long ones, there's people at the sideline to where they can go over and get refreshed and get some water in them and to get refreshed because the race they're running is long and it's tiring. And today, you just might need some refreshing. You just might need some refreshing of the Holy Spirit in your life. You just need, you might just need that moment with Jesus today. Of just saying, okay, God, I'm running the race. You know I am. I go every day, fix my eyes on you. But man, and I need some water right now. I need some water right now. But everybody, if you could bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want to ask today, if you're in this place and you could say, you know, honestly, um, the answer to that question is I'm not even running the race. If I have to be honest, I have allowed sin to entangle me. I've allowed bondages to remain 
in my life. And the truth is, for, for my race to start, the very first thing I need is Jesus Christ's forgiveness. I need to give my life to him, and I need to confess to him that he is Lord and ask forgiveness of my sins. If that's you, just simply raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Several hands. Thank you. Anybody else say, that's me? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? That's me. That's me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What we're going to do right now before we even move on is this. Is if you just raise your hand, I want to I wanna pray with you. And I, want, I just want you and everybody in this room just, just to repeat after me. And we're simply, right now, this moment, why wait any longer? You've raised your hand and said, that's me. That's what I want. That's what I need. So right now, this moment, I just encourage all those who raise their hands just to repeat after me. Pray this prayer and surrender your life to Jesus. And the Bible says that he is faithful and just. They will forgive us of all of our sins. He will put us on the racetrack, pure and holy and righteous because of the blood of Jesus. So repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. And I confess your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and rose again on the third day. Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins and place me in your will, you as my leader, in everything I do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you just right now just give a thanks to Jesus for the salvation? Can you just give him a thanks right now in the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If everybody could just stand this morning. If you're in this place and you need a refreshing, you might need guidance. You just need that cup of water. I Listen, I believe in the altar. I believe... I believe in coming to that place and coming to that altar and allowing others to come and to pray with us, allowing others. Listen, God never intended, for I said earlier, for us to do it alone. He is always with us, but we also have our brothers and sisters in the Lord that will encourage us, that will pray for us. So I encourage you, listen, it's easy just to stand back. Well, I'll, I'll get through. I'll get through. It's going to be okay. But listen, God has given us each other to lift each other up in prayer. And many times at the altar is where a place where that can happen. At the altar is a place where maybe somebody comes and prays with you and gives you a word from the Lord. At the altar is a place where we can receive from Jesus. And there's nothing more spiritual about this carpet up here. I don't think there is, Pastor, is there? No, okay, I wasn't sure. And yes, it doesn't matter where we're at, where we're at, in our car, anywhere, God can move and be that for us. But sometimes just the act 
of coming forward and saying, that's me. I need help. Sometimes that in itself is the beginning. And that movement towards Jesus is the beginning to the answer that's about ready to come to your life. So this is what we're going to do. Just as the worship team begins to pray, if you're at that place and you're like, you know what? I've been running. I just need a refreshing or I'm going through that battle right now and I want some brothers and sisters to pray with me and to, to lift me up. And no matter what it may be, no matter what it may be, I want to tell you something. God is good. He is here. He is the answer. I remember a testimony not too long ago, and they'll know who I'm talking about, and they came down here, and they were worried. And they were worried about uh, something that showed up on, on a scan. And so, remember, they came up, and they prayed, and they sought God, and just uh, we just began to trust God and all this. And it was a week or two later that they come up to me and report it, um, that the, it was not cancer, uh, that it was not, uh, it was not life-threatening. Listen. Sometimes we just need others to join in with us and pray. So this is what we're going to do. I'm not going to go and grab you, bring you up. But I believe today that I've spoke what God has wanted me to speak. And I believe that right now at this moment, there's some of you in here that need to be up here because God wants to do a work. And if that's you, I want you to come right now this moment. And we want to pray with you this morning.